The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Thursday, September 17th, and we are heading into week two tonight. Oh, my goodness. The Battle of Ohio begins between the Browns and the Bengals on Thursday night. Of course, if you want information about that game, go check out the Bengals-Browns-specific podcast. We'll cover player props. We I will admit to my failures in uh like betting on Corey Davis unders last week, as well as uh, Adam Humphreys unders, but the Jerry Judy over smashed. Ryan Tannehill creeped over 13 and a half rushing yards, but not 14 and a half. Um, and, uh, we, you can so check, go check that out in the feed. While you're out there checking out things in your feed, you might be watching the U.S. Open. It's here. The U.S. Open is happening on Thursday. I love the U.S. Open. The rough is set to be eight inches at Wingfoot. It's going to be a massacre. This uh, pompous superintendent is trying to kill all the players out there and make them go insane. And the First Cut podcast will have you covered this week for all information that you need about that major. They're coming at you with two preview episodes full of picks and DFS analysis, plus round-by-round recaps after every day of action at Wingfoot. First Cut Golf Podcast is available wherever you like to listen to podcasts. So go download and subscribe today. Uh, also, Brady Quinn Football Show in the feed as well. Joining us now to talk DFS for week two, the one, the only Heath Cummings. What's up, buddy? How is it going? Week two already. Week one happened fast. <laughs> it did, I, yes. My, uh, my wife came home. I don't know about your, I don't know about your wife. I, I, I don't know if your wife is pragmatic or emotional or whatever, like whatever, wherever she falls on the scale of, of, uh, of, uh, behavior. But my wife is very, a very emotional person. She came home and was emotional on Sunday. I'm like, listen, it's sort of the middle of my job. <laughs> and Tom Brady and Drew Brees are playing. And so I, it didn't, it didn't go over well. I, um, yeah, well, I mean, and that's like, I, I can't help you right now. I'm not available. <laughs> right. Like, but I'm, when you're working from home, you're always available. You need to find a new day to get anxiety. <laughs> we have to shift. Like, I don't get the Sunday scaries. I get the Monday scaries. <laughs> like, like, you know, it changes for me. Uh, anyway. Uh, the first week went really fast. Let's, you told us before the podcast that you about broke even on, uh, DFS last week. I did not. I, I think that I, I lost some money, but I think, I, I think I know one of the things I did. I think this applies to my golf DFS too. Is, gosh darn it. I am going to stop allowing myself to have FOMO and I'm going to be more objective and less emotional, frankly, Heath about chopping down my player pool. I spread myself too thin. I didn't make hard decisions. And I also think some of the amount, like I had Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin as some stacks. And I think one of the things that we have to be flexible as we're thinking, Darius Slay is not somebody you want to stack against. That was a mistake. He locked down Terry McLaurin. That's okay. The, the Washington football team won the game and their defense was good. But like, I'm going to be worried about offensive lines against the Washington football team. And I'm going to be worried about number one receivers against the Philadelphia Eagles because Darius Slay uh, looks like a lockdown corner. 
Yeah, Darius Slay's had a uh, an up and down last couple of years, I would say. I was questioning before last week whether he was a number one corner. I felt pretty good about breaking even considering 67% of my lineups had Boston Scott in them. Um, I, I, I 100% faded Boston Scott and Antonio Gibson, but I did about 0% of Josh Jacobs. Well, I think that was the thing. Like Scott didn't kill people too much because everybody it seemingly played either Boston Scott or Gibson or Tariq Cohen, like one of those cheap running backs, and they were all terrible, so it didn't really end up mattering. I'm a little bit concerned after you told me your feelings about playing wide receivers against really good corners, how you're going to feel about my favorite contrarian stack this week, but we can get to that in a minute. Okay, well, let's uh, – any any lessons you take from week one for this season? I, You know, I think – the one that is universal, and I i mean, I consciously made the choice on Sunday morning. I'm either going to fade Boston Scott or I'm going to be overweight on him, and I chose to be overweight. The one that is, is universal, though, is that you have to be really, really careful with backup running backs taking over roles from studs. Um, there are a few backup running backs, like Chase Edmonds, who I feel is just extremely talented and would be great if Kenyon Drake went down. But when you're throwing in Boston Scott – I mean, obviously this week, Frank Gore and Josh Adams probably aren't going to entice too many people. But those types of situations, just because they're going to get 15 touches does not mean that they're still a good play. Yeah. it's it's And the other thing, too, is that we, and we talked about this with Antonio Gibson last week. If you faded Antonio Gibson 100%, you were going to have leverage on the field because he was going to be highly owned. Now, it, this is how this is why DFS is so hard. You still have to hit, like, seven other things. Like, I mean, it's great, right. you know, like you, you needed Devonte Adams and the Washington. I mean, you need a bunch of things to happen, but I think it's a reminder that the puzzle piece is difficult. So let's try and help people figure out that puzzle piece. Falcons at the Cowboys. This is a high scoring affair slated to be exciting. Cowboys are minus four and a half, the over under 52 and a half. And I believe it's climbed two or three points since opening around 50. Uh, you have multiple top plays in this game, right? Yeah. And like, I have a struggle deciding if my top wide receiver is Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley. Like they might be one and two. This is the game kind of like we talked about last week with Atlanta, like and Seattle. This is the game that people are going to stack one direction or the other or both. If you can find a way to build a complete game stack with Cowboys and Falcons and just one random player from a different game, that's not a bad idea. Just know that the roster rate on all these guys is going to be super high. Julio Jones is my number one wide receiver. Ezekiel Elliott is my number one running back this week. I'll play both of them in both of my cash games. I was really impressed with the way Zeke was used in the passing game by Dallas. That wasn't something they did last year as much. I hope... And, and I don't know how you feel about this. I hope Mike McCarthy's not putting his thumb on the needle too much already because that offensive game plan for Dallas was not quite the same thing that we saw in 2019. Mm-hmm. And the shorter passes to Zeke or something, like they were going downfield, 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 and that was not what they did in week one. But that's good for Zeke's value, and I think Jarwin being out is also good for Zeke's value. So, yeah, uh, Zeke and Julio are the smash plays. Okay, I agree with that. I think it's very possible that a fear of – challenging Jalen Ramsey and a fear of Aaron Donald wrecking the pocket on but they threw it to Amari Cooper 14 times. True. I, I the line part, I think might be, maybe it was just that the wait, line was. Wait, and Dak, and Dak said he wasn't worried about challenging 
Jalen Ramsey. I'm just right. saying, like, it may have been like we don't think we can hold up against Aaron Donald long enough to get to get vertical in this passing. That, that could be. That. Yeah. Um, are you okay playing get Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, uh, Calvin Ridley? You mentioned Hayden Hurst. Eh, bad day. Uh, I Hurst. will. I will go back to a little bit of Hayden Hurst just because I, I believed in him this off season, and one bad game shouldn't change your thought process that much. That being said, if it's another dud this week, then I'm probably out. Um, but yeah, I'll, I will go back to Hayden Hurst a little bit. I will have, I w- the hard thing about Dallas, like if you want to play Dak and you want to have 15 stacks, well, I mean, you've got 17 options in the passing game to choose from. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably have one where I don't play Amari Cooper and I play Lamb and Gallup and I'll have one where I play Cooper and Lamb and Cooper and Gallup. Like these are the two offenses that are the most stackable and they're going to be a little bit chalky. Um, but I think more people will probably play Ryan than Dak. And again, Dak was somebody I was very high on before the year. I'm not going to change it because of one bad game against the Rams. So I'll have a ton of Dak too. Yeah. And I think you could definitely stack Dak and Zeke because if, you know, right. if, if Dak goes off, he's still going to pass to Zeke some. Uh, Zeke can still, you know, attack in the passing game. And then if the, if the Cowboys can get a lead, we should, look, it's it's not it's not likely. I don't think that the Falcons struggled to score, but I don't think the Seahawks defense is great. And Atlanta sort of got muddled there. It didn't really look like a team that was poised to to just rev up their offense quite yet. Atlanta, it's very possible Atlanta is a bad team again. Right, uh, but they're going to throw the ball fifty times, so that's okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to throw. There is there is no doubt about it. All right, uh, moving along to. Panthers and the Buccaneers, another high total, 47 and a half here. Over under, excuse me, the spread is Bucks minus nine. Uh, look, I'm going to tell you, this total's too low. And I like the Buccaneers to beat the Panthers by 10 points. I think this will be a 60 point game. And- yeah. What, what I don't know, and I think we'll learn something about the 2020 Buccaneers this week. Um, because, is this okay? We're going to win this game rather easily. Let's run it as often as we throw it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that'd be all that surprising. Or is it we struggled week one? Let's throw it 40 times and let Tom throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Um, I think they have the choice against this Carolina defense to do either. Frankly, I don't think Carolina can stop them in either facet Carolina of the game. Defense is, are, is, didn't show up as the worst in football, uh, according to. Football outsiders, but it was not, it was not very good. No, it's bad. Um, so way, Atlanta's defense actually worst in, uh, last in DVOA for purposes of DFS. I mean, Carolina 27, Indy, Miami, Green Bay, Cleveland, and Atlanta. Indy. That is so weird. Mm. Really, really weird, but it's one week also. So like a team could have a bad week one and not be bad. Uh, but I'm pretty sure Carolina is bad. Um, so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with stacking the Buccaneers. Um, I'm probably going to have more Ronald Jones than I do Buccaneers pass game. And if you'll remember last week, OJ Howard was our, one of our favorite contrarian tight end plays. I still don't, still don't think anybody's going to play him. He's still under 5,000. I'm going to play him again. Uh, I think he's a tight end one in Tampa Bay. I've heard a lot of people say that they think Gronk will be the guy who catches. It's like, we got to get Gronk going. It's like, eh, they don't, they don't have to get Gronk going. He's old. He didn't play football last year. They right. don't have to get Gronk going. He stayed in line most of the time and OJ Howard was split out. Like this is, I wouldn't play Gronk. I, I like a Christian, uh, Chris Godwin, uh, is one of the top price players on this list. He is in the concussion protocol 
as of Wednesday. That is uh, no bueno. No. Mike Evans played fine. I mean, I, I don't know that we can totally trust this offense yet to be a an no. aerial. Attack. No, fact, I, I, I'll play Rojo and Howard. That's probably I, – I probably won't have any Brady Buccaneer stacks, but I don't think it's like a bad play. It's just I'm probably not going that direction. And then for Carolina, it's going to be tough to play McCaffrey um, because he's he, his price went up. And he didn't have a smash game either. I mean, he was finally like 22 DFS. Well, it's because he was 40% rostered last week. And so they're like, well, that pricing was obviously too low. Um, I I was a little concerned by the target share numbers in Carolina. Um, Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson, both with twice as many targets as Christian McCaffrey. So I, I, like I'll play a little bit of DJ Moore just as a contrarian play because Tampa Bay's defense is good. Um, but I'm probably out on the rest of the Panthers. So I like a DJ Moore, Ronald Jones stack in this game. Yeah, I like that. As in Ronald Jones has got the ball, they've got a lead, and, and he's, and Teddy Bridgewater's feeding DJ Moore, even with the Panthers in a shootout. D, uh, Teddy Bridgewater attempted just three passes more than 20 yards down the field. One of those was the jail, it, 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 it was one for two with one touchdown, and that was the, bomb to Robbie Anderson and went to safety blew the coverage Anderson right. and then Anderson took off. Um, I don't think, I think it's going to be difficult to get, you're going to need busted coverage to get long touchdowns from the Panthers offense here. Right. Yeah. And I, and I just don't like people are, some people are a little worried about DJ Moore. Don't be, you got nine. I would targets. buy, I would buy yeah. DJ Moore right now. Right. I think For sure. Right. Goodbye. Love. All right. We agree on that. And look, I was all in on a Teddy Bridgewater stack last week. That was ill-conceived. He, he's the volume is going to be there, and I think he'll produce the yardage. I don't know that he's going to get the touchdowns though. Like he's just right, not going to stretch is. the field, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's you know I don't know if you know this, but touchdowns are important. They they are they're worth more than yards. They are worth more than yards. Um, I, I'm not touching Brady in this game either. He looked off. Lions at Packers over under forty nine and a half. Forty nine and a half. Now this has shot up on at least three points since open. Um, top guys on the slate are Devonte Adams, Aaron at 8100 on DraftKings, Aaron Jones 7100, Aaron Rodgers only 6900, but he is a third price quarterback on the slate behind only Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes after his explosive Millie making winning week one. Yeah, I um I was all wrong on Aaron Rodgers last week. I think uh, I was I had a lot of good company in that regard. <laughs> but you know what makes it worse? Pete Prisco was in on Aaron Rodgers in the Packers. Right. That's what yeah. makes it worse. Yeah, yeah. He gets to leave them at number two in the power rankings for at least another week. Um, probably two probably, more weeks. Probably two. <laughs> probably yeah, two. <laughs> probably. Um, the way, Packers minus six uh, in this game. I don't I don't really want to stack the Packers still. Like, I'm going to play Devontae Adams for sure. Yeah. Um I don't, I don't have plans of stacking the Packers, though. I, I kind of think they're going to win this game pretty easily. Maybe that's they just keep passing with Rodgers again, but I would expect them to turn to the run a little bit more. Uh, I I have a little bit of interest in Marvin Jones if Galladay's out still, and that's about it. Mm. See, all right, so we don't know. Kenny Galladay is now priced at sixty two hundred. He is cheaper than Will Fuller, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, or even Robert Woods, and Allen Robinson who wants to trade as well, um, and Stephon Diggs who is. Uh, quarterback by Josh Allen. So if Kenny Galladay is able to play, yeah, I will have a lot of Kenny Galladay. And if, if he's able to play, I will stack Kenny Galladay with Matthew Stafford and bring it back with Devontae Adams. And I will take, a, I think, a lot less ownership, maybe not on Adams, but a lot less ownership than on this game 
than you'll see in, uh, say, for instance, Cowboys Rams. I mean, Cowboys Falcons, excuse me. And a lot less probably than you will on Brady. And I'd rather play Stafford than Brady, even Brady. if they were the same roster rate. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did, I, did I say ownership seven times there? Probably. Uh, you, it, yeah. We're not keeping track. I, you know, it screwed me up on the, the CBS fantasy leagues. I was like trying to research. I was like, where are the, where are the, where are the, like, where are the percent, like percentages? And you have to look under like something different. I don't know. Just rostered. Rostered. Yeah. Uh, Vikings at Colts. Colts minus three. The over under here, 48 and a half. I think. This might be the um, week two's version, Heath, of Panthers Raiders, in okay. which this game is is visually looked at as ugh, too slow, boring, bad teams, but in reality, a potential fantasy dare I say bonanza. I definitely could see that. I think the most interesting decision on this game is going to come down to the Colts running backs. Um, Hines is about $500 less than Jonathan Taylor. I believe on both sites. Oh boy. And Jonathan Taylor, I would expect is going to be super, super chalky and Naheem's Hines is not. So you can guess where I'm going with this. I'm probably going to play a lot more Naheem Hines than I am Jonathan Taylor. I, I don't think like you, you kind of got three choices here. If if Taylor is as chalky, chalky as I think he is, you can just have all the Jonathan Taylor. You can fade Taylor and play a ton of Naheem Hines. The one thing I probably wouldn't want to do is play half Taylor, half Hines. Like pick a side. So I thought it was interesting that Frank Wright came out on Wednesday. And we're recording this on Wednesday for those that are interested. Injury report's not out. But Frank Wright came out and said, we looked better when we were running tempo and a little less better when we were running our slow offenses. And I tend to think that that tempo would involve Naheem Hines more. Yep. Now, that's pure speculation, obviously. But looking at the snap counts from week one, Hines got 53% of the offensive snaps, Jonathan Taylor 35%, and Marlon Mack 15%. I think it is kind of safe to give Max 15 to Taylor and call it a day. Like, I think it's just a 50-50 split. And I, I get that people, like, um, oh, there are a lot of people who are very high on Jonathan Taylor in, in fantasy, season-long fantasy, and you should be. I mean, like, he's right. on a good offense, and he's going to run wild. But I don't know that it's a guarantee that he just comes out and lights up the Vikings for 150 yards and two touchdowns, which what is what is probably going to be expected. Right, yeah. I, 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 and I think, like, if you tell me that Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor are getting the same number of touches, I'll take Hines. I'm going to assume Hines' touches are going to be leaning more towards receptions, and he's going to score more fantasy points per touch. Now, that won't be true if Jonathan Taylor runs for two touchdowns and Hines doesn't get in the end zone. But that's like that's the one thing. But before Taylor ever got in the game, Naeem Hines was getting Hines short yardage carries. And yeah. in fourth down, I couldn't believe it. Like He didn't even do that at NC State very often. Like it's, right. I mean, it's crazy. I think... I wonder if, I wonder how much I need to go back and look at this, but I wonder how much they trust Taylor in pass protection right now. That's a good question. I, I did. I, I mean, they threw it to him six times, which was shocking and a very good sign. But uh, like, I think that's the decision you're going to have to make in this game. I'm probably going to play a little bit of T.Y. Hilton because I think people are a little quick writing his obituary. Um, sure. I don't think he's he's done yet. So yeah, I'll have a little bit of Ty as well. I, the Vikings, man. The Vikings. Gonna, defense, by the way, I mentioned those bottom defenses. The Vikings ranked right above Carolina in DVOA. The Vikings defense is not good. 
They they were they were definitely bad in week one. I think I think they'll be interesting middle of the year if they like get healthy and uh, mesh a little bit. They had a lot of turnover. Ty by the way had nine targets, four catches, fifty three yards. Dropped a horrific pass that was he he toe tapped it and just couldn't hold it on uh, to get out of bounds. That would have picked up a first down and potentially given the Colts another touchdown there. So I, I agree with you. Paris Campbell is very interesting too. Yeah, the thing. I struggle with with Paris Campbell and it has to like Frank Reich's comments make me feel a little better about this. We expected the Colts when we came into this year to be a 30 pass attempt a game team. 46. 46 in week one. So people see that Paris Campbell got nine targets and they're like, well, he had nine targets. I go pick that guy up. Well, he had target. A good example. LaVisca Chenault had four targets in that same game. Yeah. LaVisca Chenault had a higher target rate than Paris Campbell did because his team threw 20 passes. That's correct. And we would expect for the rest of the year, I think that Jacksonville is going to throw more passes in games than the Colts are. I, I would, I would absolutely agree that, <laughs> that the, that Gardner Minshew will is more likely to average over 20 per passes per game than Phillip Rivers is to average like over 40 per game. So like if, but if Reich's saying, well, you just need to play up tempo and, and sling the ball around a little bit, then Campbell's, I think you're right. Campbell's going to be a good player and he's still super cheap. Okay. Uh, it's just, and now also worth noting, um, I think, uh, Shield Capedia did a, or by friend of the podcast did a power rankings and had, um, the, uh, he had the, uh, the Vikings are, were Dead last. And by dead last, I mean dead last by a long shot in terms of pass rate on first and second down. So that's maybe the one thing to be a little concerned about here, whether you're betting the over or whether you're playing guys in this game is if, if, uh, Mike Zimmer attempts to establish the run, there's a chance Frank, Frank Reich is like, like acquiesces and like, let's run it, baby. You know, like yeah. you could see both of these teams spend the entire first half just grinding out like crappy little half field drives and then punting instead of opening it up and trying to beat these bad defenses. That would be my one concern. Yeah. Or Minnesota does that and it works and has 15 play drives and Phillip rivers is throwing ducks to the sideline. Um, and he threw some ducks last week. Phillip rivers will, Phillip rivers will throw some ducks. Yeah. Um, are you kidding me? Sorry. Hold on one second. As uh, you know that, you know, Heath. The nice thing about our company is that you would never have a situation where you randomly get logged out of your work email or your Google Docs in the middle of a, a podcast. That would never happen, and you certainly wouldn't need to. Uh... You know what, Debo? Tell me what the next game is, or don't. It is no. the Eagles and the Rams. Ah, this game stinks. Eagles Fitting. and Rams. Total is like in the 40, 42. Rams minus one. Total is at forty six right now. That line has shifted a lot. Should we have Debo say the games from now on? I kind of like that. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, this line like, like no, no. started off Eagles as a one point favorite and then jumped to like Rams as a two point favorite. And now we find out that Miles Sanders and Lane Johnson are probably coming back. It's probably going to end up as a push them. Yeah. I am, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with this game. Um, Cooper Cup, his involvement scared me week one because we saw that the last six games of last year and we just kind of shrugged it off. And then it happened again week one. I think he had six targets. Uh, there's not really anybody on the Rams that I want to play besides Robert Woods. And there's not like, I think the Eagles are a little bit interesting with Miles Sanders back, 
but more in a tight end way than anything. Okay. I think Dallas Goddard is, I mean, I picked up Dallas Goddard in some season long leagues <laughs> on waivers. He's yeah. just going to be a big part of the passing game. He might just like he's supplant Zach Ertz right now. You think there's a chance they could trade Zach Ertz in the middle of the season? I don't think they would. Ertz do it. is not happy. He's not happy. The Eagles aren't happy. Now he caught a, t- a great touchdown pass and he's, he's a big leader on that team. And I think maybe they can, can trade him to the Bears for Allen Robinson. Debo, would you trade Ertz for Robinson? Yes. Wow. Now somebody's going to say would, the Robinson Bears have be a, 17 tight ends, but that doesn't care. They like tight ends. Robinson would be a great upgrade. He would be like a supercharged Alshon Jeffrey, who's younger and healthier and good. Yeah. He'd be a great. He'd be a great fit with the wide receivers they have. They should make that deal. Finally, would have a quarterback. We've talked about him a lot. Has never had a real quarterback. Hackenberg, Bortles, Trubisky. I think right. I think Wentz is he can qualify as an okay quarterback. Yeah, that's a really rough week one for you if you're if you're downgrading Wentz that much. Yeah, he would definitely he would definitely uh, he would definitely qualify as a good quarterback for he would, he would qualify as the greatest quarterback also. I mean, uh, uh, Allen Robinson's ever played with. All right, um, I Robert Woods is just criminally underrated in yeah in DFS, always in fantasy. Like if you're if you're filling out your, if you're filling out a roster and you're debating between Stefan Diggs, Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, and Mike Evans, like you got 6,400 bucks left to use. You don't want to go down to DJ board at 6,300. Who are you going with? Yeah. Yeah. I've got like all those names you said. I have Robert Woods projected for more points this week. So I don't know why you wouldn't just play Robert Woods. And I guarantee you he has less owned than all those guys. Because yeah. he's just not sexy. People don't find Robert Woods to be sexy, and yet Robert Woods is sexy. Yeah, super sexy. Uh, I have no interest in Miles Sanders. No, 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 no. Uh, 49ers at Jets, over under 42.5. 49ers minus 7. George Kittle is the highest-priced guy uh, on the slate, I believe, at 6,700, and his price plummeted after a bad week and an injury Raheem Mostert. Not that effective in the running game. In fact, the 49ers weren't that effective as a whole outside of Mostert's one long touchdown pe- uh, catch. Jimmy Garoppolo, 5,700. The Jets are awful, though, Heath. The Jets are extremely, extremely bad. The worst team in the NFL. Um, like, I think they're definitively worse than Jacksonville. Def- substantially worse. Yeah. Um, like, but this game, like, I want to play the San Francisco defense. I don't trust this George Kittle health thing right now at all. I can't play any 49ers receivers. Maybe a little bit of Mostert. Uh, the most enticing guy in this game to me might be Jamison Crowder. My guy. Like, they just throw it to him 12 times a game. He's going to score some fantasy points. Hey, Jamison Crowder was 3% owned in DFA and DraftKings last <laughs> week, and it was like 1.5 was me. Just didn't yep. put it with any of the right guys. Um I, the good news about Kittle is that, so he's 6,700 and the game is at one o'clock. So like absolute worst case scenario, if you were feeling like you wanted to play George Kittle, you could, you could, you know, there is some like, do you think, do you think there's any reasonable case to be made that you play George Kittle because he's going to play and he will be owned in like 5% of the leagues. And if he catches two touchdowns, it's a huge leverage point. Or is it just not worth risking it with Mark Andrews, 6,300 and, uh, Ertz, 54. 5,600 and Kelsey only $300 more expensive on DraftKings than, than Kittle. Yeah. I just, I, I think I like all of those guys better than Kittle. So 
Stay away this from week. Them. Yeah. Mostert, you playing? A very little bit. Uh, he has that big playability, but they weren't opening quite the same holes. And if, if there's one thing the Jets can do, it's the least important thing, which is stop the run. So they're like the, the they funnel you the way that's more effective for your offense. So you, but you wouldn't start uh, Garoppolo either, right? Not with these. Pitches. No, no, no. I think the 49ers offense is going to take a while to get going. I think the 49ers might just not be near as good as they were last year. That would be a, a plot twist. That's for sure. Uh, by the way, just to look at them. Oh, I got the snap counts in front of me. Raheem Mostert, 60% of the offensive snaps. Tevin Coleman, only 10%. I would actually suggest that Tevin Coleman is an interesting pivot play here and will be completely underowned. Um, he wasn't supposed to play because of that air quality situation, because he has a, the, uh, is some sort of sickle cell, sickle cell trait. I almost wonder if he might get be a smack, like might end up like he'll be owned in one percent, maybe. Oh, not even, yeah. And and because like I wonder if he gets closer to fifty percent of the snaps because they are not in that air quality situation. And he's got fresh legs. Got fresh legs. Catches passes out of the backfield, and if they get up ten to fourteen points, they're going to be pounding the ball. So I yeah. think I just think that's an interesting sort of probably a punt at running back. What is what is Coleman costing right now? Maybe much. Sorry, I'll, I'll answer my own question. He is 4,000. He's minimum, bare minimum price on DraftKings. All right. He's, I'm getting 5% of Devin Coleman this weekend. All right. All right. But can't wait till that comes back and looks awesome in, in a week from now. Uh, okay. So moving along, the Giants at the Bears over under 42 again. And over under is important for DraftKings purposes, folks. 42, not very high. Bears minus five and a half. Saquon Barkley, the top end guy at 8,400. Or top price guy at 8,400 on DraftKings. Allen Robinson, 6,400. Daniel Jones, 5,800. Does anybody in this game interest you? A little bit of narrative street with Allen Robinson and the social media thing and Tariq Cohen, Cohen tweeting extend AR. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a little narrative play with Allen Robinson. Wheel, the squeaky wheel narrative. Right. And, like, listen, pat ourselves in the back a little bit. The uh, Mitch Trubisky uh, I don't know week how that one worked out. out. I don't know how that works out, Heath, but it did. <laughs> um, and he's playing the Giants, and they are really, really bad. So I wouldn't hate putting Trubisky and Allen Robinson in, in a couple of lineups and maybe throwing Darius Slate on the other side, but mostly I'm just staying away. I like that. Um, Anthony Miller, too, I don't think it's a bad play either. I just don't understand. He played 42% of the snaps last week. I do, I don't understand what he, I, they just don't, we keep coming up with reasons for Anthony Miller to be a breakout candidate and the bears don't seem to see it the same way, but I, I agree. He's not a bad play, but he'll be more popular. I would guess than he should be. Okay. I, I, I will be stacking Allen Robinson, 82% of the snaps, by the way, and actually had a good, didn't he have a good game? He had a fine game, right? I crazy. Yeah, it was okay. Okay. He had a, uh, nine targets, five catches, 74 yards. No touchdown. Yeah, you're right. Didn't have a good game. Friggin' Jimmy Graham. Go away, Jimmy Graham. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't think that's a game that we want to, to look at too much. What about Barkley? play the Bears defense for sure. You think so? Oh, yeah. Daniel Jones. You get, yeah. you get points for turnovers. He looked, he, aside from the two bad, aside from the two, uh, well, the fumble, don't forget the fumble too. One of our, one of our editors, Dan, was, um, Talking about the the Giants on, on Twitter, I believe, and he's like, Jones looked awesome except for the three turnover plays. He's like, yes, that is correct. 
Like yeah. he, like, like you, I, to me, I think when you look at Daniel Jones, you're like, okay, it's there. Like it's a legit, like I think he's a legitimate prospect who could develop into a, a, I think a Bob our, quarterback. Our friend Adam Azer calls him Jameis Jones. Ouch. And I, I think that's a compliment to Daniel Jones personally. You think that's a, an, a that he would be an upgrade or that Jameis would be an upgrade over him? I, like in terms of raw talent, J- Jones was never, never, not on Jameis's level. No, not even close. He He's was more athletic. More athletic, I guess. But his arm talent's not I mean, as good. James Wiss is a starting baseball, like a starting outfielder with a hook. True, yeah. Um, he just looks goofy and flops around a lot. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I, the one guy I think that could be a little bit of value would be Saquon Barkley because he is a stud and he flashed against the Steelers, but they just smothered right. the Giants offensive line. Maybe you wait one more week to hit him when people are just off. I don't, yeah, I don't think their schedule gets any easier over the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would, I think I'd rather play Barkley than McCaffrey this week at the, at their respective prices. Right. I agree, I agree with that. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll run through the rest of the games. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we are literally going to run through this game because it's not very interesting. The Bills at the Dolphins. Bills minus five and a half over under 41. Yeah, so no. Bills defense, um, that's about it. Bills defense will be chalky too. Probably. That's fine. You know what? I just like to, I don't mind playing the same defense everybody else does. Let's just take that, that position if, off the board. If it's the winning, <laughs> if it's the winning defense, then it's fine. Was right. Washington chalky last week? I don't believe so. I liked Washington last week. Um, I don't know if you noticed the Eagles offensive line is terrible. It's pretty bad. Josh, I don't like Josh Allen this week. No, I don't like Josh Allen. I don't like their running backs. I don't like Stefan Diggs. Um, I don't like the Bills. Okay. Off this game, over under 41. Shouldn't be a lot of points. Broncos at the Steelers. Steelers minus seven and a half. Again, over under 41 and a half. 
Uh, James Conner priced at 6,800, untouchable, of course. Juju Smith Schuster, 6,500. I would have to imagine that Juju, uh, his ownership roster ship percentage, roster rate is, uh, is substantially up after catching two touchdowns from Ben Roethlisberger, who's now priced at 6,300. Will you be playing anybody from this uh, potentially low scoring affair? I mean, it depends. If Connor's out, then Benny, Benny Snell's 4,500 and he's going to be super chalk. And we're in another one of those situations like Boston Scott last week, except I thought Benny Snell looked like an improved running back. Um, he was definitely quicker than what he'd shown in the past. It's a pretty good Broncos run defense. Snell would be the most interesting play. Um, and probably the only one that I'm playing from this game. Okay. Uh, no offense, 4,400. Not bad, but again, this Steelers defense is is so good. Yeah, we were making the point on what day was it? Jeez, I lose track. Oh, I was telling Brady Quinn about it. He's like, you know, fans a guy they're going to feed, but then they, you know, uh, we saw the Steelers adjusted. Uh, not the Steelers. The Mike Vrabel and the Titans adjusted at halftime. The one thing about the Steelers against the Giants in the earlier game was that they took oh, Evan Ingram was a non-factor. I don't know that you can get a whole lot over the middle up the seam with as a tight end in this game. Right. Yeah, I'll probably just stay away. Right. Jagu- Jaguars at Titans. This is a fun one. What's that? This is a fun one for sure. Is this a sneaky shootout? I don't think it's like, I don't think it's a sneaky shootout except that there's a little bit of narrative with A.J. Brown and the slow week one. I would imagine Tennessee wants to get him going. And then Derrick Henry could just run for 400 yards against Jacksonville's defense. Gardner Minshew and this whole offense was pretty terrible against Tennessee last year, but I don't hate a Minshew Chark Chenault or Minshew Chark Keelan Cole. Um, like that type of, that, I think that's a little bit snaky. Mostly you're just playing Derrick Henry and John O. Ryan Tannehill. What if I told you Ryan Tannehill threw the ball 43 times in week one and didn't throw it more than 20 yards down the field? I would believe that. I, you, you wouldn't have believed me two weeks ago. Corey Davis looked good. He did. He, I he told everybody really to smash the under on his receiving yards. And then Mike McClure tweets out, like, Corey Davis over is a lock. I'm like, oh, this is bad. Yeah, you don't want to be on the opposite side of Mike. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, what? How did he have, how did he have Corey Davis projected for, how did you have him projected for 47 yards? What was going on in that model? Um, Daniel had two passing touchdowns. I don't think he looked particularly great. No. I don't understand why he threw 43 times. They played much, much faster. Um, and this is a thing. Especially in the second half. Right. This is a thing with first-year play callers often have trouble uh, with tempo because they're just not used to doing that all in an NFL game. And so that might have been the reason that Tennessee was slower last year and they actually intend on playing a little faster. I think it's something to watch because if they're going to be a faster offense, then everyone's more interesting than we thought they were. It is possible, too, that they came out in the second half were like, all right, look, Man, this altitude sucks. Right. Defenses aren't ready. Let's do, te- let's, let's do some tempo and see if we can wear the, the Broncos defense down and sort of get these guys sucking win and we can take some shots. I felt like it was going to result in a Derrick Henry jailbreak late. Yeah. I think we might get one this week or maybe we don't get one until week 12. Who knows? I think we might get two. Okay. So is Derrick Henry a smash? I am. I would really like to find enough value everywhere else to have some Zeke Henry lineups. Ooh, that's spicy. You get some downhill runs with Zeke and Henry, that can go big. All right, this is going to be a very popular game. Ravens at the Texans. The Ravens are minus seven. The over-under is 51 and a half. 
Uh, and a guy that I moved, the top price players, by the way, Lamar Jackson, 8,200. He did not disappoint in week one. We should have been all over him and said we should have tried to fade him. Whoops. Deshaun Watson, 6,400. Will Fuller, 6,300. And that last name I mentioned, your top contrarian wide receiver play, which scares me because I just benched him in my season long league. And my top contrarian quarterback play is Deshaun Watson. I am running some Texans passing game stacks out there, not because I don't believe in the Baltimore defense, but Vegas kind of doesn't totally believe in the Baltimore defense. They're putting an over-under around 50 in this game. And I do entirely believe in Deshaun Watson as one of the young elite quarterbacks in this league. And so any time that I have a chance to play him as low as his ownership is going to be this week, I'm going to do it. I'm going to have Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller stacks. I'm going to have a little David Johnson sprinkled in there because I don't, if Duke doesn't play, David Johnson could be really good. And they didn't stop Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb last week. They just stopped Baker Mayfield. I am, uh, I'm, I'm going to have a large chunk of this game in a variety of different ways. Probably not any Ravens running backs, but besides that, I'm all over it. Okay, so this game is at 425 Eastern. I believe it's the featured game on CBS Sports. You should watch it. Jim Nance and Tony Romo will be predicting plays and talking great football. Um, the Texans team total over is 21 and a half juiced to the over. And I think when you see this game and you see the seven point spread, it is easy to picture in your head. Ravens get lead. Ravens run ball. Ravens lead, leave game 41 10. That's not what the team totals tell us though. Or not right. what the tells us even. No, I, I, yeah, I think that's like, that's definitely possible, but it's, it's not what I'm expecting. It's not what Vegas is expecting. And it's going to create a little bit of value because people's minds go right there, especially after what Baltimore just did to Cleveland. And we've seen Baltimore do it a, a variety of times over the last couple of seasons. But I do think that, uh, Houston's the sneaky side here. And let's be clear, you know, who's not Cleveland? I mean, Houston, like, right. it's just not, uh, Will Fuller's over under for receiving yards is 66. That's a really high number for a guy who's largely big play dependent. Uh, right. are you playing Mark Andrews, Jackie Dobbins? I am playing Mark Andrews. I'll play Marquise Brown. I'll play Lamar Jackson. I'm playing Watson and Fuller. I'll prob- probably have a little cooks. Um, and I'll probably have some David Johnson. So this is a heavy, do you think this will be a, how, how much ownership will be on this game relative to the, excuse me, how much roster rate? Rostership will be on this game relative to like Cowboys Falcons. Less, but Baltimore might be there right up there with the Cowboys and the Falcons. Right. The Texans are going to hold it, hold this game down because I don't think many people are going to play the Texans. Okay. The Texans looked very terrible on, in the right. first, like they were, I mean, the feeding David Johnson or David Johnson was just disturbing. Yes. All right. I like, I like that game. It's at 425 too. So if you, there's, there is something to be said. I know we talked about this last week. There's something to be said for like, you load up, you have like, you hit a couple of 1 p.m. guys and you're squatting on like Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews and Will Fuller in the 4 p.m. You're thinking cash time. What is, and this is a rare, I, I may say something stupid here. Um, just mid conversation, but you have the opportunity. Between the one and four o'clock games, especially for the 425, to often fiddle with your lineup a little bit before those late guys lock and after you know how your early guys have done. I think so. Lamar Jackson is 
8,200, Deshaun Watson, 6,400. Mm-hmm. And Fuller is 63 and Marquise is 62. So you'd need one more player at a different position to make this work. But there is a play where you play a lineup mostly full of 1 p.m. guys. Mm-hmm. And if you're up, you play Lamar and Marquise. Oh, I see. If you're down, you play Watson and Fuller because no one's going to have them. I see what you're saying. I like it. It's a, it, it'd take a little bit more work than most people probably want to do on their Sunday afternoon, but. No, but like, let's say you, you, I mean, let's say you're in the money, like you're already in the money and you've already cashed. You go to Lamar and, and Marquise or, you, you know, frankly, you can even do Lamar and Will Fuller. Like you can sort of reverse stack it like that. Is that possible? Yeah, I'm trying to find like who's the four o'clock running back. I think what you do is you put David Johnson in the Lamar side and you mm. put Clyde in the Deshaun Watson side. Oh, and then you just flip it depending on that. Just, right. That's interesting. That's kind of spicy. Now you got to do that. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I've, I've said it now, so it'd be silly if I didn't do it. Right. It's like last week when I, we, we were like, here's the pick six podcast parlay. You should hit the money line too. These, all three of these teams might win. They did win and I didn't bet it. <laughs> Fun for me. Uh, okay. Now this next game is interesting. Chiefs at the Chargers. Chiefs minus eight and a half. The over under is 47 and a half. I said on our YouTube exclusive week two look ahead lines. When we looked at this, I said, you need to smash this under. It was 50 or 50 and a half. It is now down to 47 and a half. I don't know that you can go full fade on the Kansas City Chiefs in DFS because they're the Chiefs. And I know Travis Kelsey, your top 10 in play. I have no interest in this game. I think this game might finish with 38 points. Yeah, I um, unless I go outside of my projections, um, I don't believe I will play anyone in this game besides the tight ends, but Kelsey and Henry might be my two highest rostered tight ends. Okay. Is there, what, what is the, the logic behind that besides you just like them as players? Well, for Kelsey specifically, the Chargers are very talented on it with edge rushers. They're very talented at corner. They were very talented at safety, but they lost Derwin James. I think that they have the players to, like, they can't, nobody can actually defend everyone on the Chiefs. But I think the Chargers' worst matchup is with Kelsey. And then I just like the connection between Terod Taylor and Hunter Henry in a game where he didn't have to throw that many passes, and I think he'll have to throw more in this game. The Chiefs last week, in week one against the Texans, finished with, and this is via Pat Thorman of Established to Run, Dot com the eighth slowest situation neutral pace of the entire week. I don't like that, Andy. Let, let's let, let's change that. So my, I don't think he's going to change it. No, I don't either. I think Andy <laughs> Reid is going to be a more run heavy team early on in this season, as his because he knows that he doesn't want his defense to be. He doesn't. I don't think. He, I mean, I don't think he minds being in a shootout. But I think he knows his offensive line is good. He trusts Clyde Edwards Hilaire to run the way he did. And he knows that Mahomes can be efficient without having to be high volume. So I, yeah. I don't, I think, and the Chargers, Thorman writes that the Chargers were actually above average. And they're that, generally slow. I, I mean, I was watching that since he, um, 
uh, uh, LA game. And I mean, it, it was a slog. So I, I just think this under is a, a, a smash spot. And I, I think people will try to be in on this game because it's the Chiefs. And you, so you have an opportunity to maybe fade it a little bit. Yep. I don't necessarily, I don't really disagree with anything you said. Okay. Cool. Let's move to the next game, which is Washington football team at the Cardinals. Uh, over under 47 and a half. That is surprisingly high. Cardinals minus six and a half. You're big on Kyler Murray this week. He's my favorite quarterback play this week. Uh, priced like a second tier guy. And I think this week against Washington, he might be a first tier guy. I don't, I don't think Washington's pass rush matters very much against Kyler Murray. Cause like you showed us against San Francisco, he'll just run away from you and then go run for 20 yards instead. Um, I, I was all wrong on DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but I'm going to rectify that quickly. I will have some Kyler Hopkins stacks. I will play a little bit of Christian Kirk one more week, but never again if it looks like it did last week. Zero percent on this week, right? So I'll have and I'll play a little bit of McLaurin on the opposite side. Um, I'm still probably fading Antonio Gibson. I think Logan Thomas is a fine punt play, but he'll probably be too popular. Maybe not. I think that this game is. The total is too high. You think Washington's defense is actually good? I think well, I think Arizona's defense is actually pretty good. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I okay. noticed RJ White, our, one of our editors, who goes back and does his – he does power rankings. He actually bumped Arizona up a full point against San Francisco because of – and I, I watching the game, I felt that way too. Like, I think their defense is a little bit better than people give them credit for. I don't know – I mean, maybe they'll run tempo to try and run Washington out of the building, but I don't think Washington's going to be – a fast paced team and their, and their defensive line is good. I don't think Arizona's offensive line is great. Now, different situation with Wentz and, and, and Murray here. Um, See, I, I came into the year expecting Washington to be a fast paced team because this coaching staff was very fast paced. Well, they're last faster year. than they were. Right. Right. I don't, uh, let me see if I didn't even see what. Yeah. Washington is actually, yep. They cranked out 70 week one snaps. After averaging 55.3 last year, they were the fourth quickest on the week. Wow. Okay. That is Scott Turner is, uh, he's a speedster. Okay. Wait, this game, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. The defenses are better, but these teams, the defenses are better than we thought, but these teams are running fast. I think that's, yeah. Okay. I, I don't, I don't, and I'm, I'm going to regret saying this in the vein of Mitchell Trubisky last week. I am, I'm kind of feeling some Dwayne Haskins sticks. McLaurin? With McLaurin, maybe a little Steve Sims, maybe some Logan Thomas. The one thing that's hard to say because San Francisco doesn't have a number one wide receiver. Right. How effective Patrick Peterson will be against Terry McLaurin if he if he follows him around the Yeah, or will he even follow him around? Right. I would think he would because that's what they've done since they kicked Steve Wilkes to the curb after he turned him into his own corner. Yeah. But that's T B D. You're right. The pace here the pace here is something we should dive in on. That not not further but like that is something people should be interested investing on and arizona washington will be far less owned than kansas city and los angeles i would think for sure right i would be surprised if it wasn't uh all right finally sunday night showdown patriots at the seahawks seahawks minus four at home over under 45 boy did they let russ cook and i didn't i mean like i had a little russell but not enough it will be very, very – like, I think it's easier to say we're going to let Russ cook against the Falcons. It's going to be very interesting playing against a Patriots team that would like to run it 700 times 
there's going to be a little FOMO over on the Seattle sideline. No, they don't know. They're running it more than we are. Um, I don't know how to feel about this game. It's more for me of a, I want to watch it. I want to see Cam, like everybody's talking about Cam running the ball 15 times and averaging five yards a carry. And that was all good. And I'm very happy he's doing that. Seems like there's a little bit of sleeping on the fact that he completed almost 80% of his passes. I agree. And so and when they're playing now a Seattle team that's going to score a bunch of points, I want to see what this Patriots offense looks like when they open it up just a little bit more. Um, if I was they're playing the slowest the, team by pace last week, the Patriots were the Patriots. It wasn't even. Yeah. I think, I think it was. And a, that's a, I, I don't know this, but from what I remember, that's kind of a cam thing, right? Oh, well, so, and I'm barring from Thorman to establish a run here, but uh, Tom Brady ranks since 2010. Uh, in pace, first, first, second, sixth, second, second, fourth, first, first, third. With yeah. Cam, they're the slowest. I don't think it's because it's they don't trust Cam to run up tempo. I think, and I've been saying this since the preseason, and it held true. And I've been talking about this all week. I think Bill Belichick wanted to con- wants to condense these early games and turn well, them right. into sort of slogs, run the ball, and make the other team minute. Like it's like, all right, look, you're going to have um, the, so 116 plays between the Patriots and the Dolphins combined. That is very, very low. And I think something else, like when your quarterback is the guy who just got tackled eight yards downfield, it's going to take a little longer to get that's, the next playoff. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And he doesn't have a rapport yet with Julian Edelman and Inko Harry. So I think they're trying to sort of flesh that out as well. And I think they'll pick up the pace as the season goes along. I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I will. Uh, I don't know. I think one to watch it probably fade it. Yeah, I don't know that there's I don't I, w- I don't think the shootout and the let Russ Cook thing happens here. I think the Seahawks get baited into playing slow ball. Right. Hey, Frank Wright. All right. Uh Heath Cummings you trying to beer this week. I didn't I don't I didn't I drank a bunch of Coors Light this week. No, I had one. Um it's like a cryosphere. Okay. It's uh man. I gotta remember what it is now. It's it's from a fairly large scale it's not a micro brew or anything like that but i guess they they like freeze the hops Ooh, okay. and it was unique and <laughs> delightful um have you had the yeah uh, from terrapin terrapin okay. oh, terrapin's great yeah yeah they do a bunch of weird stuff at terrapin down yep. in Georgia. i had some uh new anthem cassette tape i think is it called it new okay anthem, new anthem is in wilmington north carolina is just the best um, but since you mentioned Terrapin, that reminds me of another Georgia brewery. I'll tell a quick story and we'll get out of here. Uh, have you ever had, uh, the G, G, whatever strain, the G strain beer from Sweetwater? Uh, it's fantastic. It's great, but it smells a lot. Like it smells like a bag of pot. It's a very pleasant smell. It's a great smell, but yes. it, so I went to an NC State basketball game last year with my buddy Garrett and he sits with his parents every game. And we went by, NC State just started selling beer. This is like the first game. And so we're like, let's get some beers. We're going to drink beer this day. Yeah. Uh, and we went and they were like, uh, like, what do you got? Uh, IPA. He's like, this is Sweetwater. I'm like, cool. Give it to me. I get it. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it smells like, I'm, it smells like I'm like, and I was like, this, I mean, like this beer, you can smell this beer from like, like three yards away. I mean, it smells like, right. like a gigantic bag of pot. And we go and sit down with his parents. And we're sitting there and literally everyone in like a five, five yard span is turning around and be like, this is incredibly disrespectful. How high you guys showed up to. And like, no, 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 it's the beer. The beer smells like, like, no, no, that is not a thing. It's the beer. And they're like, 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. It's the beer, pal. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, and so I was humiliated. So I had to chug the beer and then go buy like a, a, a non-weed smelling beer. That is fantastic. So that's my beer story. Uh, all right. Follow him at Heath Cummings Sr. on Twitter. Make sure and watch him on Fantasy Football Today. Listen to the Fantasy Football Today podcast and, uh, let's, let's win some money this week, Heath. Let's go. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.